Lights, camera, Asia. A look at Asian culture and history through the lens of cinema. Hello and welcome to Lights, Camera, Asia. I'm Jake Chen. We took a peek last week into No Puedo Vivisinte, a Taiwanese film with a curious Spanish title, which means "Can't Live Without You." The film tells the story of a father who struggles to get her daughter registered at a school due to a number of challenges. The young girl was born out of wedlock. And with her mother gone and nowhere to be found, and there's no official document to prove her relationship with her father, he has no way of registering her daughter with a household, and without that, he couldn't get her to school. We've already talked about the film's main story, of how the father was bounced back and forth between different government departments, how his effort all ended up in vain, and how the government officials mostly turned a blind eye to his conundrum. It is a moving story with many heart-wrenching moments, and that's what makes this movie, in my mind, so special. It is not a story, or not just a story. We've seen plenty of heartbreaking tales of separation enacted on the big screen, and this isn't drastically different from any one of them. But it is not the story that makes it stand out, but rather how the story is delivered. Remember, we mentioned that the protagonist did a lot of odd jobs and live in a rather rootless existence inside a broken shack around Gaoxiong Harbor. Well, within the first five minutes of the film's opening, the father almost never says a single word. All we see is how he goes about his life. We see him dancing in rituals and fix equipment underwater without a license to make a few bucks. And for the remainder of his time, there are a lot of shots of him and his daughter doing pretty much nothing. It literally looks like they're almost just marking time. When we look at the opening scene, such as this one right here, we see Lee, the father, staring out of an open hole on the wall in this little warehouse that he illegally inhabits. And through that, we see a ship sails by. He lethargically pulls himself out of bed. And walks out of the house. As he hears water dripping from the top of the roof, he looks up and finds his daughter washing clothes in a large basin on top of the building. He climbs to the roof and shows her daughter the proper way to do it. It is, by all means, a very mundane scene, and in a more commercialized, faster-paced movie, such an everyday moment would have been dealt with in a series of quick cuts that take only a few seconds. Or, more likely, the sequence simply wouldn't be shot at all. It doesn't bring any excitement or has a hook in anywhere to keep an audience engaged. It's in fact quite the opposite. The scene almost directly tells the audience, "Hey, nothing much is happening here, but slow down, slow down, and look at the scene carefully. Look at the little details in Lee's room, the decrepit setup." The water that drips down from the roof, several pieces of cloth that hangs beside a hole on the wall, which presumably function like a window. 
Lee's old clothes is seen hanging on one of the clotheslines across the room. These are all the small details that are full of life and they tell stories. These are the details that tell us the kind of person he is, the kind of work that he does, the lifestyles that he has, the socioeconomic status, as well as the financial challenges that he might face from time to time. The film paints a vivid and memorable scene that tells the entire life of the protagonist. Such a distinctly slow pace of storytelling dominates the entire film, and I would argue that this stylistic choice cannot be overstated. It is really important. Because the filmmaker knows to follow the golden rule, which is show, don't tell, we as the audience has to see it, has to see every detail and have to see things gradually unfold at their own pace on the screen. And in that process, we have to soak it in ourselves instead of have the information force-fed by us like many, many other faster-paced commercial films. Now, because we have to go through this process as viewers, we have to spend our own time and energy. We have to give our own effort to gradually understand the messages that the filmmaker is trying to tell us. By looking at Lee's clothing, the way he behaves, the kind of jobs that he does or that he has to do to make ends meet, we gradually get the idea that he's poor and he doesn't have a lot going for him other than his relationship with his daughter. This idea that the daughter is all he has and it means the world to him is gradually understood by us, ourselves, the audience, and not force-feed to us by the director. And because we had, by the middle of the film, seen his life and spent the time and effort to understand just how important this relationship is to him, what happens in the second part of the film is all the more gut-wrenching for us. We feel his mounting frustration and his pain and his hopelessness when he gets bounced from one official to the next, when everybody turns a shoulder and tells him, oh hey, that next office, they're the one who can help you. To see the sparkle in his eyes gradually fade away and to see his innocent daughter staying by his side, not saying something, but understanding exactly what's going on is heartbreaking because the director had spent the first half of the film telling us just how close they are to one another and that they are all that each other has. All these bumps and challenges and roadblocks is all the more gut-wrenching. Another aesthetic choice that the filmmakers have made again throughout the entire film is color, or rather the lack of it. I don't think I mentioned in last week's show that the entire film is shown in this black and white and not in this uh, picture-like, vivid, contrasty black and white color. No, it rather looks like the black and white that you see in the television that are made in the 40s and 50s before color TV was a thing. It is this very desaturated, very colorless, grayish black and white. So when we combine the two, the use of black and white color and this very, very slow pace of the film, what we get is something that is hyper real. I understand this sounds almost counterintuitive because both the use of black and white and the slow pace of the film is deliberate manipulation uh, of the film style. 
black and white is the strip of coloring and the film's slow pace is the result of deliberate manipulation by both the director and the editor. But somehow, in some way, when you combine these two together, when we simply look at the father and his daughter go about their lives and get bounced around in society in one scene after another in black and white, in no color, we almost feel like this is a documentary. We almost feel like we get so in tune with the film's slow pace by the time the half point turns around that we get sucked in into the film's world. At least not for a second do I feel like I'm watching a crew of actors acting one scene after the other. No, I feel like I'm following people in their real lives. I am following the father and the daughter, barely making ends meet and not achieving their goal and gradually become hopeless throughout the film. I'm following the government officials as they go about their own business without caring for the pair who desperately needs help. I'm following the father's friends who either helps them from the side or watches him on television with growing desperation. I'm following the crowd who watches the father as he climbs on top of the bridge, cradling his daughter, and threatens to jump off and to call on the government for support. These are all the kind of characters that we would otherwise see in other drama films as well. But because the filmmakers and the actors have done such a deliberate job of presenting them in a believable, everyday, approachable way, we get immersed to a level that we seldom do in other movies. And I think this is the genius of this film, Can't Live Without You. It is not just a tale of parental love and attachment, nor is it just a heartbroken story of separation or a critique of the bureaucracy that permeates Taiwan's government, or even an overall critique of how unfair the law is to those marginalized in society. I mean, to a certain level, we can certainly argue that a film is all that. But I think on a deeper level, the film wants to show us this unfiltered, unmanipulated version of the life of those who live on the outer edge of society. Those who live without much income, attention or support from the social welfare system, but who love and support one another with all their heart and soul. Eventually, it is a feeling of me having accompanied them throughout the entire journey that touches me the most. All their joyful and tearful moments, all their laughters and cries, all their joys and frustration. The film presents them in such an authentic manner that we feel like we are right there. And I believe there's no greater achievement on a big screen. The film is based on a real story. And what's truly saddening is that I believe six or seven of Taiwan's local television stations followed uh, the father when he attempted suicide. But just two days later, not one media outlet, not a TV station, not a newspaper press cover the event anymore because it's no longer a quote-unquote trendy topic. I think it's somewhat ironic that the one piece of visual material that somehow reenacted the event and does it justice is not a newsreel, but rather a fictional film. And I do hope that No Puedo Vivi Sinti isn't just a film remembered by many because of the awards that he has won, 
but rather for its significance on many, many levels. Thank you for listening to Lights Camera Asia. I'm Jake Chen. Talk to you next week. What do you know about Taiwan? I know who the president is. What about their local music and food? Well, hmm. What do you suggest? Tune in to Radio Taiwan International. Here at RTI, we offer the authentic Taiwan experience. You hear the sound of remote attractions, the local food, music, the lives of real Taiwanese as they live it. Visit English.rti.org.